Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I am Josh Why, ready for our wildcard preview show. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Woot. How you going, buddy? Wildcard. Wildcard. I'm excited. <laughs> what accent Woot is that? Wildcard. Woot and wildcard. Is that, is that your wild west accent? No, it's uh, for those that watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They'll know. They'll, they'll get the reference. It's fine. It's been a while since I watched that show. I normally binge watch. I wait for like a season or two, and then I watch them all in like a in a day or two. So you're well, me. essentially it's time for me to, get, to give it a go. Charlie, the Charlie, the little um, erratic one of the of the group, always feels that the group should have one wild card, and then yeah, they'll go they'll go on an adventure, and he'll just cut the brakes of the car for no reason because there needs to be a wild card. <laughs> That's right. Who would, who would be the wild card in our group of friends? Um, probably Martin, seeing that we haven't seen him in years and yeah. he's off gallivanting through yeah, Europe. Tr- true. Maybe Skapik. He can be a bit of a wild card. Yeah, but at the same time, it can be the very organised one. So, which is a concern. Um, <laughs> yes. if he's the most organised. But yeah, no, an organised wild card. That's yeah, terrifying. It's he's a very uh, very juxtapo- juxtaposed there, uh, Skapik. You either get him very very organised or just zero preparation at all. Um, anyway. Um, Luna Bowl, we've been mentioning it at the top of the show for the last few weeks, and that's because it is drawing closer and closer to actually happening, and uh, tickets are still available. So bigtopsydney.com for our Sydney's probably, I wouldn't say biggest yet. Hopefully year two it'll it'll eclipse what's going on at the star, but I think it's going to be the best Super Bowl event in Sydney considering the iconic location. Yeah, but once people hear, once once the word spreads about how cool it is and the atmosphere that's happening, and then man, it's going to be so cool. Like the people that don't yeah. go are going to miss out. Exactly, and it's going to be filled with real fans, people that have been watching the season all uh, you know since September, and and people that have followed the show and uh, and Radio Hub and things like that. So it's going to be very very interesting. But uh, let's get into some NFL news before we preview some of these uh, wild card games. Fine. All right, let's start with the 2016 All-Pro teams that have been named uh, by the Associated Press. Matt Ryan is the first team at quarterback. Brady coming in at second. Uh, I'm okay with that. You're probably not. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's all right. Yeah? It's not too bad. Yeah, it's, what are you going to do? Yep, three Dallas offensive linemen in the first team. We have uh, uh, Zach Martin. That's Travis... got to hurt the other two, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a... I feel, uh, you know, Zach Martin definitely deserved to be there and Travis Frederick and Tyron Smith. But I think those three are... I think it's well known that those three are, are the best. Uh, yeah. The cornerstones of that offensive line. Uh, yeah, three rookies. Zeke, Elliott, Jack Conklin. 
at right tackle is an all-pro. And Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> he would be a bust in yeah. Indy. I'm still I'm still resting on my laurels on that. He would be an absolute bust in Indy. Um, so well done to Jack Conklin because uh, it was, yeah, you know, a lot of people that we had on this show, draft experts that we that we trust and love, and they've been a right on a lot of players. Conklin was one that they were that they were wrong on, and I bought in on that as well. And uh, as well, uh, Tyreek Hill is also the rookie named as the punt returner, given his success this season. Uh, whether you agree or not agree, but you know, like him or not, I'm sure most of our listeners, most sensible people, don't really like Tyreek Hill. But you you have to watch what he does on the field, and he's probably is the best punt returner in the NFL. Yeah, mate, the guys are speaking. He's, but then uh, again, maybe five weeks ago, didn't know who the guy was. Yes, just completely. All of a sudden, just started turning it on, and it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome when a player comes out of nowhere, maybe not. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> let's not go into that. But no. come out, he's yeah. just come out of nowhere in terms of in terms of just the touchdowns. It was it's been just I think he's got twelve now, and it's kind of like over like eight weeks, which is just insane. So we'll wait and see how that goes across a full season. Uh, next year, obviously, still alive in the playoffs. But uh, team defense, you know, you've got your big names in there. Khalil Mack, Vic Beasley, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Keith Tlaib, Landon Collins, Eric Berry, Chris Harris Jr. And it's good to see Snacks Harrison uh, mentioned in the All-Pro team. Uh, we've been very high on him all season, and it's good to see uh, him getting some love. Oh, yeah, he, he deserves it. Absolutely. The guy... He, he doesn't play the most glorious position. He doesn't do the most glorious things. It's just that he just does his job, and he does it so well. Yeah, he, he does a uh, fantastic job. I'm going to mention him a little bit later in the show. Uh, some snubs. I, I, I thought T.Y. Hilton was hard done by. He's the first player since Torrey Holt in 2000 to lead the league in receiving yards and not make the first or second All-Pro team. I feel like he probably shouldn't have made the first. Uh, it's hard to go past Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. That's fine. But I thought he should have been there alongside Mike Evans in that second team. Yeah, but then you think he should replace Odell. Yeah, that's also tough because Odell's <laughs> Odell's doing it without a quarterback as well. Whereas Andrew Luck's had a good season, and T.Y. Hilton's been a big part of that. But it is—it's just it, we're living in an age where there's there's just so many elite wide receivers, so it is tough. But I I I just feel like he deserves an honorable mention somewhere. I think PFF put him in their second team, um, and and gave him a big rap. Oh, there's so many elite wide receivers, and yet none of them play for Philadelphia. It's great. It's yeah. just so good. <laughs> oh, Nelson Aguilar, good stuff. Uh, speak, uh, <laughs> speaking yeah. of T.Y. Hilton and the Colts, it's been confirmed this morning by Alex Marvez of Sporting News. Uh, so it's a report at this point, so it hasn't actually been confirmed by the Colts organization, but it seems like Chuck Pagano will keep his job for 2017, and Ryan Grigson will also but can be I, back. Can I, please, can I please say, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. Last night, I wasn't feeling that great. Yeah, and you can hear it. You're still only, not well. The only, the only thing that cheered me up was this little notification that I got that said, Jim Irsday has told Chuck Pagano that he will be head coach in 2017. <laughs> and I'm just like... <laughs> Ah, uh, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be uh, fun. That is correct. Good. Good. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Ursay. Jim Ursay. Jay Golden, Pony Oh boy. boy. Um, yeah, as I said to you, uh, and, and the show, uh, a few days ago, I can handle one more season of this duo if it means we get Jim Harbaugh next year. Um, so I'm holding out hope. That's what I'm holding out hope for. Uh, 
the most frustrating part isn't that the Colts are bad. Like, I don't really care. It, it's just the wasting of Andrew Luck. Like, you don't get these franchise quarterbacks every... every like you, you just don't get them all the time. Look at Cleveland, look at Buffalo, look at teams that have been looking them for them for years and years, and we're wasting the, the golden opportunity of Andrew Luck's prime years. So that's that's the most frustrating part for me. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll just go to wait and see what... what... I just don't know how the Colts are going to approach anything. I don't know where they start still. Mm. I know they've got a bad defense and they need to get immediately better on that side of the ball. But then the offensive line was still shambles and we thought it was going to be good. It, it so, was, but the last the last three to four weeks of the season, it, it improved. And they, they played... Uh, I can't. Remember, I just. I've just gone blank on his name now. But Laraven Clark. They played him out, out at right tackle, the their third round draft pick, and they played some of the younger guys just to see what they had, um, and because of injuries as well. But it it started to look a lot better um, against the Vikings, especially where you have you're playing against that Vikings front, and they you know the the defense may have checked out in that game. That the Vikings completely as an organization probably checked out. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but still, they they played very well. But I, it is defense; they they really need to improve that defense, and that's why I've always said that it's not so much like Grigson's bad, but I think it's more Pagano. Pagano is supposed to be this defensive guy, and our defense is is probably worse than it was under Caldwell, and it's just never improved. So I'm hoping that they do focus on defense in the draft. I think they have to. So we'll wait and see how pans out, but it's just, as I said, it's frustrating that they haven't learnt, Jim Mercer hasn't learnt from the Manning era where he carried the franchise, and, and luck isn't luck isn't good enough to do that. Um, not yet, anyway. Uh, I don't think it's that huge of a claim to say he's not as good as Peyton Manning, but we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. I'm glad that my agony gave you some uh, moments of joy in your uh, night of being uh, very unwell. Thank you. Thank you. All right, it's time. I, just, I see Pagano, and I think what good news is coming my way? The only bad news is if you would have left. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll take solace in that that it uh, that it cheered you up. Let's uh, let's okay. get to our weird web story. You got to get out of here. This is crazy. You're so weird. No. <laughs> You're really weird. You're so weird. This isn't so much a uh, weird web story. It's more of a just a feel good story that I just we had to mention it in the. Uh, in the show, uh, you're an avid Madden NFL player. Uh, not so much this year. Hey, when I when I finally get time, which is very limited nowadays, but yeah, I I did like I did like to dabble in the the joysticks. Yes, dabble, dabble in the joysticks. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, so we as mentioned the, as the kids say. As the kids as say the kids these say. days. Uh, by the way, I was at a uh, like a dinner thing last night with some some family friends and uh, uh, a girl. Our age, Kate. Um, I had to explain to her what dabbing was in 2017. Just, uh, it was unbelievable. Did you hit her with a dab? I hit her with a dab. I dabbed on them, and uh, yeah, just mentioning a bit of NFL with her partner, and uh, yeah, he he asked about Cam Newton, and she. I just, I don't understand how you don't know what a dab is. Um, anyway, but Usman Khawaja, Usman Khawaja dabbed in Test cricket yesterday. It was amazing. <laughs> There's dabs in cricket as yeah, well. My it's, God. it's just phenomenal. But what a uh, time to be alive. It is. 2017 off to a, a great start. A great start. We've got dabbing in. Uh, in a great shot. Yeah. Wow. Did I stutter? There's the first did I stutter of the season and the year. So off to a great start. But uh, we mentioned Damon Harrison before. We're talking Madden. Here's what uh, Damon Harrison had to say 
when asked about playoff experience, uh, you'll get the connection. Just listen to this. I just won the Super Bowl last night on Madden with the Green Bay Packers. I go to the playoffs every year on Madden, so I have some playoff experience. I was using Rodgers pretty good on Madden, so um, you know, hopefully I, I know some of his weaknesses. Because, you know, Madden doesn't lie. <laughs> Is he better in Madden or better in real life? Depending on who you see these thumbs right here, man. I can make anybody great on Madden. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I love David Harrison. He's been a, he's been one of the best fun players to follow this entire season, and that was like the cherry on top. Yeah, and he, I love it that he plays with them, like with, with Green Bay. A, I don't know, it's not your own team, not with you as a player. Great. He probably doesn't want to play as Eli Manning on Madden because he's probably, as he said, Madden don't lie, and Eli would probably not be the best uh, player to play on Madden this season. Ouch. <laughs> taking some shots but uh i uh yeah i do want to ask who do, if you don't play with philly who do you play with on madden to be honest any game any sporting game i play where it's something like um where, where i don't have a, where i'm not playing with my favorite team i generally always try to pick some underdog and bring him back from where they were and it's always it's, i don't know i always end up with cleveland doing a fantasy draft or something and trying to bring glory to the Cleveland it's, area. It's so funny you say something that. Something like that. That's exactly what I do. Um, I'm yeah. always like Cleveland or Tampa Bay or like one of those, you know, long franchises starving for a championship. And yeah, I normally fantasy, fantasy draft it up. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, let's start with this absolute blockbuster of a game to start a wild card weekend and the NFL playoffs with the Oakland Raiders at the Houston Texans. Oakland plus three and a half at a dollar ninety one. Houston the favorite minus three and a half at a dollar ninety one. The total game score is thirty seven, and because it's the playoffs, we're going to do uh, our pick and then we're going to do over under on the total game score. Um, just, oh, snap. just to mix it up a little bit, but. Uh, What's your initial thoughts on this game? I will mention this. It is Connor Cook and Brock Osweiler getting the start over the injured Matt McGloin and Tom Savage. Connor Cook, he's thrown 21 career passes, and he's going to be the first rookie to make his first career start in a playoff game in 1966. So it's been a long time since a rookie's made their first NFL start in a playoff game. So it's a bit of a historic night for the old Connor Cook. Wow. Um, yeah, CC as we like to call him. That's Do we? what we're calling him for now. <laughs> okay. CC. I'm more of a Doritos um, man than a CC man myself, but uh, we'll wait and see. Definitely. definitely. Connor Cook could swing way, it back around. Of, can we just can we just corn chip it for a sec? Have yep. you tried the Pringles corn chips? No. Yay or no? Interesting. Interesting. Oh, they're just because that. they're they're not they're not triangles. It's just bizarre. Wait. It's a weird so what, thing. Oh yeah, because they're Pringles. They're in Pringle shape, but they're corn chips. It's very odd. I can't it's eat. a very odd sensation. No, I just yeah. I, I, I don't know and what they it is. Like, they, they taste like corn chips, though. They, it's weird. It's weird. I, but the corn chips like have to be triangle. I, I, I just, I can't handle wow. it. I don't know if I can't can deal with it. it. The uh, mission anyway. mission corn chips have been a revelation for me in 2016. I discovered them extra cheesy. Oh boy, so good. Very very uh, heavy duty corn chips, aren't they? They are. They're massive. Takes yes. like half an hour to open the bag. To anyway. You're burning the calories off before you eat Yeah, it. no, it's good. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, initial anyway, thoughts on this game. <laughs> CC. <laughs> um, I don't know about Conor Corkay. Like, I'm no faith in Brock Osweiler, but then at the same time, just, I don't know. Why? 
Why? Why did it have to be like this? It could have been so good. Oh, it it could have been, been so, so good. Just if Tom Savage had came out and played one really amazing game and, you know, obviously, car, we don't know what happened, but yep. if, it could have been amazing. It could have been a terrific game. But, oh, I there's so much, not hype, but there's so much, um, you know, belief around this Conical kid as well, though. There's, like, all these haters saying he's going to get smacked, but then there's all these people behind him saying, you know what, like, don't throw the kid under the bus yet. Yeah. He's going up against the Texans. But I still, I don't know, this is just, it's going to, I feel like it's going to bite me in the ass if I say Brock Oswald is going to die. And then he just he's just going to come out and destroy this team. And he'll look good because the Raiders don't really have anything left because they've got Connor Cook. So I don't know. I don't know. It's he's I such. It's, it could go either way. It's it's fitting that uh, the first game of Wildcard Weekend features probably the biggest wildcard of the Wildcard Weekend, and that's Connor Cook because the range of outcomes is just so huge. Like he could be worse than Brock Osweiler, which seems crazy, but that's that's definitely a possibility. But then he could actually be good. Like he could actually be a lot better than than Brock Osweiler, and actually it wouldn't shock me if he leads this team to a win. Like it's not that crazy to think that they win this game. Like, Brock Osweiler's terrible. You don't need to score too many points, but scoring points against this Houston defense is really, really tough because this Houston defense is very, very good. And then you also have to consider now Donald Penn was ruled out this morning. Um, so they're going in with a backup with their backup left tackle and moving Austin Howard back to right tackle. And, and they've got Menelik Watson there at left tackle, which isn't too bad. Like, But Donald Penn's such a good player and has been. And, you know... Uh, Jadavian Clowney and Whitney Merciless sort of dominated that game when they played in Mexico City, and Houston probably should have won that game, and that was against Derek Carr, but he, he passed his way out of it and, and gunslinged them to a victory. So you have to give the advantage to this Houston defense now with the, with Donald Penn out, and Clowney and Merciless can uh, can really get some pressure on Connor Cook. It, that's, the, that's, the, that's definitely going to be the Texans' focus, just to put Connor Cook under as much pressure as possible. That's just going to... They've just got to rattle him. That's all. That's just what they have to do. I, I mean, I'm no quarterback, but I can just I, I imagine that it's much easier behind, say, this offensive line that's already terrific that only allowed 18 sacks in the entire season. Yep. To, it's going to be much easier with just like if the Texans say are just completely bottled up in the pass rush, I think Connor Cook should be fine. Mm. It's not like he doesn't have terrific weapons around him. Yep. He has the weapons to, you know, to succeed, despite the Texans defense being good. But if the the Texans pass rush is bottled up, that's just it. I just I no matter how inexperienced Connor Cook is, he he'll still be able to throw the ball. It's not like he doesn't have players to throw to. Yep. I, I agree. Oh, well. I, yeah. I, well you reckon Osweiler is just gonna pull one of those games out of his ass where he just I don't know, just gets like a few deep shots and then wins this thing. Yeah, I think that's probably the way it's going. I, like, when I'm looking at this game, I think I'm looking at who has the better defense and special teams, and that's the Texans. You've got to give them the nod. They're, they're the seventh-ranked overall DVOA defense, fifth in the pass and 17th in the rush. But, you know, they are 32nd in special teams, so you, you have the advantage there to the Raiders in special teams. But they're ranked 23rd in in DVOA defense, 25th against the pass and 18th uh, against the rush. So Lamar Miller's back 
to being healthy, and he had 100 yards against Oakland last time. So I feel like if they can get the run game going, that's going to help Brock Osweiler, and he can just pull off like just a couple of throws and, and get over the hump there and, and probably get the win. And it's just it's annoying that Brock Osweiler is going to have a playoff victory if, if they do win because he, he does not deserve anything like that. I wonder if he targets Hopkins or not. It'll be interesting to see. <laughs> well, last time he channeled the tight ends, and that's what he loves to do because they're just open two and a half yards down the field every time. But C.J. Fedorowicz and Ryan Griffin had 15 uh, targets. They had nine completions and 114 yards last time. So Oakland aren't very good against the tight end. They haven't been for a while now. So that could be sort of the channel for Brock Osweiler to go through. But I, I'm leaning towards the Texans in this game, but I... I'm not ruling the Raiders out completely. I just trust the Houston defense the most of, of any unit in this game, especially now with Donald Penn out. Yeah, me too. I was, I, I'm going with the Texans, especially that the line's three and a half. Yeah, I can see it being decided by a field goal. Yeah, it's uh, that that half points tough. I, I thought long and hard about it, um, and I probably might change my mind, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Houston minus three and a half, and I'm actually going to go under the, the total 37 points. I can't see too many points being played in, especially with Brock Osweiler. Um, no, I reckon it's going to be ridiculous. You reckon it's going to be high? A shootout? I'm, go- I'm going over. All right. I reckon the line's perfect. No, nah, actually, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I reckon the line's pretty spot on. It's pretty good. Yeah, it'll, no, probably, go it'll probably start like 37 and a half because that 37 number's... Yeah, a little bit lower. That extra half point when you're looking at, at things uh, could uh, swing things a little bit more because you've got to get that that extra uh, extra point or whatnot to, to push it up over. Yeah. Uh, here's a list of things I'm going to rattle off. Let me know whether you'd rather do that or watch Connor Cook versus Brock Osweiler. All right, you ready? I'm, I'm good. Grocery I'm good. shop. Oh, I like shopping, so yeah, I'll go shopping. All right. Um, taking the bins out. Uh, that's quick. That's quick, so I think we can still do both, right. Josh. Picking up. <laughs> How the... long does it take you to do that? <laughs> All right. Well, let's. You're on a rural property, and you've been your driveway is one and a half kilometers long. <laughs> and your car's broken down. Yes. All right. Um, <laughs> Jesus, that's a weird question. All right, we'll go to the rural property bin walk. All right. Um, okay. My, I've been away for three weeks, and I've left the I've left the dog in the backyard. And this is a great day. Um, picking up Harley's dog poo or watching the Raiders v Texans? Um, if anyone knows the size of Josh's dog, that's like, <laughs> you know, carrying loads of like, chopped wood into the house. So, um, yeah, I'll, plus the temperature at the moment, I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch All the right. um, poo on television. All right, so we've, <laughs> so we've drawn the line at picking up dog crap over uh, the Raiders and Texans playoff game. Um, I... I might consider it's dog crap, if it's way. overcast. I might consider the dog crap um, at this point, but the heat and the flies, yeah, I might lean towards Raiders. Heat, flies and whatever comes out of that dog. All right, okay. Let's move on to the entertainment side of things. If uh, Big Bang Theory is on television, it's <laughs> the worst show on television. Oh, I don't know. Two broke girls. Is that still on? Is that still on? I don't know. Is that still on? I don't know. All would right, you rather watch? Both. Would you rather watch no, any of those? There's, there's attractive people on that show. That is true. That is true. No, uh, Big Bang Theory is Okay. Just, a, oh a docu... We're smart. Let's say science thing. <laughs> Bazinga. Would you rather watch uh, Season 7, Episode 4 of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Oof. 
Kanye on? Kanye not present, unfortunately, Oof. in that episode. Damn. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> All right, if, if, well, if Kanye's on the, on the episode. Hell yeah. All right, you're in. <laughs> okay, there we go. Give me that. Answer. All right, we're both on Houston minus three and a half, and we're on the, oh, I'm on the under. Josh is, Josh is saying exactly 37 by the sound of it. He doesn't know what he wants to do, so. Let's no, go. I'm going over. All right. I'm going over by one. All right, 38 points. There we go. All right, moving on to the second game of the day. It's not much better, but uh, it is a little bit interesting. Uh, a lot of people think what? Seattle... What? Eh. Sorry. Sorry. You're just comparing. <laughs> you just said it's... Ne- oh, my God. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks have not been... Uh, yeah, I am too, I guess, but Seattle haven't been that entertaining the last, like, three weeks, but we'll, we'll get to that. But we've got the Detroit Lions at the Seattle Seahawks. The line is eight, so not many giving Detroit a chance here. Uh, so Detroit plus eight at a dollar ninety one, Seattle minus eight at a dollar ninety one. The total game score set at forty three and a half. Those numbers provided to us by William Hill Australia. Uh, both teams are seven and eight against the spread this season. Detroit is winless straight up and against the spread in outdoor road games. So they finished three and five on the road and zero oh and three in outdoor games. And have scored an average of 15.7 points in those games. So that's something to consider. The Lions are also 0-5 against playoff teams. And they've trailed in the fourth quarter in 15 of their 16 games this season. So when you see the line at 8, that kind of makes sense. Oh, hell makes sense. I, I, I like Seattle in this. I think this is, this is when Seattle starts to get on a roll. They get things, they get things right. They've been trying things for the last few weeks. They want to see what they're going to go with in the playoffs. That's just how it always seems. It's like the last few weeks are just testing things out, and then once they get to the playoffs, they it's like they're a, they're a well oiled machine. They know exactly what their their objective is, what they're trying to do. I mean, that's always the same thing. The score touchdowns. That sounded really dumb, but that is <laughs> correct. Is, uh, you know, they always just know their game plan to perfection, and they just they generally they generally nail it. And the wild, the wild card that is Detroit Lions this season because it doesn't matter what the score is in the fourth quarter, Matt Stafford somehow just finds a way to bring it back. Generally, mm. he uh, they're there, like they are, they they could keep it close, but I see, I still see Seattle winning by like ten or something. Yeah, it is, it is, it is a tough line at eight, and I can see maybe a backdoor cover from Detroit, um, getting them home in the end, but. The Hawks are 28, 15, and 1 against the spread uh, at home um, with uh, in the postseason. So they've never actually lost at home in the postseason in the uh, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era. So uh, that's something to consider. So you're right. They always they always seem to get it right and, and go on it. And Matt Stafford's clearly been like affected by his finger um, since that's gone down. Like he's He's been gallant, but the last few weeks their offense just hasn't been as effective, and a part of that's probably Theo Riddick as well being out because he's huge on third downs for them. But I do worry about Seattle's defense without Earl Thomas. They're they're not they're not that great, um, and the numbers the numbers back that up. So you know yeah, they really are, and they don't. It's like they just they know they have such a big hole in in the middle. So it's I don't know. Well, it's it's just going to be a wait and see thing if they can um, somehow manage. If there's going to be, you know, someone that steps up big time in the playoffs for them in that position, I mean, it's huge shoes to fill. But like when Cam Chancellor was out, they knew, like he's, I don't know, I I feel like Earl Thomas is the 
you know, he's the explosive one. He's the he's the like the real the real hidden gem on that defense. But Cam Chancellor is like the captain of it. He's the leader. Yep. And then when Chancellor was out, you, you could see there was a lack of leadership and direction, and then there were some blown coverages between the safeties and corners and things like that. But now it's the other way around, and there is leadership, but they just can't close that hole that Earl Thomas was covering. It's a, so ma- it's just, it's a massive. Massive hole that he left. He's been the best safety in the league for the last sort of three seasons now, um, yeah. and they've given up 32 points per game to Green Bay, Arizona, and San Francisco. And that—that's the, the most alarming was the San Francisco, which is just game. unheard of. Yeah, and they couldn't even run the ball against San Fran either. And that's and historically bad run defense all season. You know how many times have we said on the Moneyball podcast or fantasy stuff is start your running backs against San Fran? It's a Golden opportunity for a lot of carries, a lot of points and, and touchdowns. And Thomas Rawls averaged 1.6 yards per carry down that stretch. And a bit of that is playing a division rival. And San Fran lived up to the challenge of playing a rival. And they've, they've always had a bit of a feud with Seattle, given what happened in the Jim Harbaugh era. But still, that's a concern that Seattle, A, can't run the ball effectively, can't protect Russell Wilson. And now they're leaking points without L. Thomas. That's sort of something that points to saying, hey, the Lions are still a could still surprise here, even though they're on the road. Yeah. Um, did you see the they wanted to install... I don't want to try to say the, the word. I don't know what it is. But it measures... They, they want to see if it um, replicates earthquake-like... Um, what, what's the word here? You're, you're looking at the, like, cr- the crowd noise on the, on the Richter scale? Yeah. The Richter scale, there we go, kind there of thing. Go. They want to install a certain kind of meter, whatever measures that. Is it a rectometer? Richter not scale. Correct. It's the Richter scale. There's something else. It's not that. Okay. I know it's not. All right. But anyway, we're getting into some plate tectonics heat. If the if the fans, you know, replicated earthquake like movements in the in the stadium, you see that? That's crazy. It is. Uh, it is pretty. Uh, it is pretty cr- crazy. Uh, the sound, the beastquake one, still springs to mind on uh, on uh, in terms of just the. It's a seismometer, is what uh, you're looking for. There we go. So yeah, I that's why I was getting a bit distracted there because I was reading on Wikipedia as I was trying to talk. But the beastquake is kind of the, the golden standard of, of crowd noise and uh, and plate tectonic movements. So I don't know if they can pull anything off that will signify that type of moment ever ever again. Really, who knows? Especially Let's against go. this Lions team, who knows? But you know, I mentioned that L. Thomas is out, and and that's going to be. It's tough, but they've still got an incredible pass rush, and that's that's going to be their opportunity there. If you can get pressure on Matt Stafford, he's he's, he's just going to turn to water. And Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Frank Clark will be able to do all that against the banged up O line. Travis Swanson and Riley Reef are questionable with injuries, so there's a there's an absolute real chance here that uh, it could end up being a blowout. But it, the range, these two games, the range of outcomes. It, it uh, is wide open for me as opposed to what I, I'm expecting from uh, Monday's games. Yeah, I mean, I feel that, I don't know, I don't like the way Stafford carries on <laughs> when he's when he's hit, and he's going to get hit a lot in this game. It's a bold it's a bold, uh, prediction, it's a bold prediction, but I feel like he's going to be put on his ass quite a bit. And, you know, I, when I've seen him a few times this season where he complains and he's like pointing to his helmet saying, you know, I got hit kind of thing and it wasn't anywhere close to it and he's just going for the flag. So be interesting to, it'll be interesting to see how he handles this and if he's a, if he's a sore loser in the end or he's a, you know, 
exactly. Valiant and defeat. Mm. And I've talked about an opportunity for the, the Lions to score points. On the other side of the ball, obviously, you know, we talked about the offensive line for Russell Wilson, but the Lions' defense isn't exactly loaded with pass rushes, and their defense is... Isn't the, isn't the best. They're the 32nd ranked pass defense on DVOA, and uh, so there's a there's a real chance that the, the Seahawks can just put up plenty of points, and they may leak plenty to Detroit. But I think uh, ultimately they'll they should cover that spread. I, I'm leaning towards uh, Seattle minus eight. I do want to mention as well. I, I liked uh, the little uh, exchange between Zach Zenner and uh, Michael Bennett this week. <laughs> I, I don't know if Bennett's the, the right guy to pick on. No, they didn't. They didn't. Um, he didn't pick on him. Michael Bennett called Zach Zenner the, the best white running back in the NFL, and yeah. uh, I can't remember what Zach Zenner said back. It was more like thanking him or something like that. And it, he should have just said, "I think uh, Michael Bennett's the best Bennett in the NFL." That would have been a that would have been a better comeback. But uh, it was. I, I enjoyed what Michael Bennett said. Uh, I think he was like generally surprised that we still have a good white running backs in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right then. Yeah, as long as he's not calling out Bennett before the game. No, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think Zach Zeno, who's what played, had three career starts, is going to be calling out Michael Bennett, one of the best uh, recently paid uh, defensive ends in the NFL. I'm actually taking the over as well. Forty. I'm taking over forty three and a half and Seattle minus eight. Yeah, I'll uh, go the exact same way. All right, let's move on to Sunday's game, and this one I think uh, be interesting. It. The line's very high, and it's uh, very similar to what happened early on in the season where you correctly uh, tipped that. So let's uh, see what you do here. But the Miami Dolphins at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Miami plus 10 at $1.91. Pittsburgh minus 10 at $1.91. Total game score set at 45.5. The last time they met, the Dolphins blew the Steelers away with a 30-15 to win on the back of J.O.J.'s induction into the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, J.O.J. He had 204 rushing yards. So that was the story last time, and you correctly picked it because I think the line was about 10.5 or 12.5 the last time they met, and you, uh, you correctly tipped that. Hey, I remember last game, last time they played, and I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami wins this, let alone just covers and they covered the, spread. the rest is history. You did, uh, um, you did very well. Anyway, saying that, I do like, I kind of like Miami's position again. I, I th- Matt Moore is nowhere near as bad as like half the other quarterbacks in the league that are starting. I just think he's just a competent guy. He can go out there and get stuff done. And I think, I don't know, I think everyone's still caught in the whole mindset that Miami were putrid to begin the season. And mm. I think it's it just it's lingering around. It's it's so it, it so often happens when like the prices and the lines are set when a team that you're not expecting to go well. So say like that. So they weren't expecting Philly to go well to begin the season. Right. And then they, they won. And then the lines, the, there was still money to be made every week because they still weren't expecting Philly to win until they eventually just had to cave and fix mm. up their lines and things like that. When eventually they saw Philly winning until they collapsed. Same thing kind of with Miami. It's like, they're still stuck in the mindset that, Pittsburgh are this complete dominant force, and that Miami are just you know that team that was falling apart kind of thing. But I, I still I see Pittsburgh winning. I'm not going to go crazy and go for the Dolphins, but the the line of ten is pretty bloody high. It is. I, still, I can see I can see the Dolphins covering. I, I I agree with that. I I can see it happening. But the last time they played, it was in Miami, and we all know about 
Big Ben at home and Big Ben away, and he did get injured and, and was carrying it. But in saying that, he only had eight points across four drives before exiting the game. So um, that that plays a huge role in it. And Miami's defense is going to be key here. Um, obviously, you mentioned Matt Moore. The, the difference between Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore isn't that much, but the last two weeks, Matt Moore has been exposed a little bit. He's missed some, some key throws and, and wasn't very impressive at all against the Patriots uh, last week. But uh, I can see possibly them staying alive in it, and it's going to be on the back of you know Ndamukong and Sue and, and Cameron Wake if they can apply pressure on Big Ben and, and really stick it to him and, and, and force turnovers and force punts, they're definitely a chance. But this Steelers' defense isn't the same defense that Miami ran all over back in Week 6. They're, they're getting contributions out of really good young players. Your boy Sean Davis has been great since they moved into safety. Artie Burns has been good. My guy Javon Hargrove has been good. Bud Dupree's back. And in the last seven weeks, they rank in the top four in points per game allowed and yards per game, and they're first in sacks. So they're getting plenty of pressure and, and limiting points. So all the trends and all the all of the stats are pointing to a Pittsburgh blowout, but it is a playoff game, and 10 is just such a huge line. Too big, some would say. <laughs> some would say it's just too big. Do you know this is Levy? I'm one of those people. Pardon? This is Le'Veon Bell's first career playoff game. Good on you, Le'Veon. Isn't that crazy? Good on you it feels for like making it to the playoffs this season. I know. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of. Temptations out there, and you made it. You made it the whole way. The last time he missed the playoffs, it wasn't because he was suspended. It was because he was injured. Just uh, by the way, <laughs> but uh, no. But I mean, I know there was a lot of temptation to do some, you know, extreme sports where he could have injured himself. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. You know. Um, yeah. That's a fair uh, assumption to make. No substance-related comments <laughs> at no. all. Um, you know, speaking of Le'Veon Bell, obviously him and Ajay Ajayi are two of the best, probably the top five running backs. Is that a stretch to put Ajayi in the top five at this point? Uh, not form this year, but uh, as in overall on their day, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, but fair he's, enough. he's but, played pretty well. Yeah, so, but I think the difference on whether Miami cover the spread or not is is whether Jay Ajayi can, can run comprehensively again obviously 200 yards is, is not going to happen but maybe a 100 yard game could keep keep them in that game and, and cover that spread but likewise I think Le'Veon Bell is going to going to explode and he should be able to run over a Miami defense that's averaged to 140 rushing yards per game so I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be the key here in his first playoff game I think he's going to be the funnel um, and I think uh, Pittsburgh will win I I'm tempted to, to take Miami plus 10, but I'd rather just be on Pittsburgh minus 10 here and, and be wrong rather than take Miami plus 10 and be embarrassed if Pittsburgh just walk away with it. And I'll, I will mention I, I'm, Adam Gase has done a terrific job. If they do get hammered here and, and bow out, you know they, they are with a backup quarterback, and they've, they've just done well to, to even make the playoffs. It's a shame. I mean, I know Tannehill's not this you know, flamboyant superstar, but it's a shame to see out of you know, the the first three games, there's we've got Osweiler, Connor Cook, Matt Moore. Just like, it's just the worst time of the season yeah. to have these quarterbacks. It's, <laughs> I know Osweiler's not even hurt, but it's just not good to have him in the playoffs. No, it's, um, it's, it's putrid, really, let's be honest. Yeah, but these, these teams <laughs> that, you know, if they had their starting quarterback, could be completely different. But yeah, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Who knows? Adam Gase might have a, an ace up his sleeve, so we'll just wait and see. I'll go. Miami plus 10, 
the line's forty five, which is crazy. But I'll I'll go that because I feel like if it if it is, it'll be decided. It'll be like a a twenty seven twenty game to Pittsburgh, mm. and then if it if Miami doesn't win, Pittsburgh will blow it out and they'll still cover the forty five. Yeah, I, I like over forty five as well. I, I think like a thirty twenty one type game. Um, or 31 to, to 14, something like that. Um, we'll wait and see, uh, I think, in any scenario. Um, I think... Uh, Josh, I really have a feeling that we've done this before and it played out the exact opposite way and all the games we said were pretty much going over or something and then they all ended up at, like, 10 all. Like, <laughs> like 14 There was one week where it was just, like... It was just crazy where it was, like... We all went, like, everyone went opposite except for the, the one that was, like, so blatantly, like, obvious. And then it it was, sorry, it was the one that went under by the most. And then all the rest were, like, just hovered around. I think we lost on, like, three of them by, like, a point. And then I think it yeah. was, like, it was, like, uh, Arizona and Minnesota who were the two best defenses. And they, they went over in the first half. It's just crazy. Anyway, so we're uh, we're split on our pick against the spread, but we both think Pittsburgh will win this game and uh, march on to the, the uh, second round of the playoffs. The final game of Wild Card Weekend is the New York Giants at the Green Bay Packers. I think this is the game of the round. New York Giants plus four and a half at a dollar ninety one. Green Bay minus four and a half at a dollar ninety one. The total is set at forty four and a half. It's a, it's very much a strength v strength game here, and the the absolute strength of this Packers team is their passing attack led by uh, MVP candidate Aaron Rodgers and the absolute strength of this New York Giants team is their defense and uh, that's led by Landon Collins and and Dominic Rodgers Cromartie and and Janoris Jenkins and Snacks Harrison so we've got that combination there of Rodgers, Nelson and Adams versus Collins, Jenkins and and Dominic Rodgers Cromartie and your mouth drools at, at that type of matchup. Sure does. And I, I want to see, I want to see uh, Mr. Montgomery and see what he gets up to as well. I think, mm. I think if the, if this this secondary is uh, ready to step up against these wide receivers, I think it could be a big Montgomery day. We'll we'll have to wait and see. It's it's always a wait and see thing with these kind of matchups that we think are going to be big, but then yeah. possibly could just fizzle out and have nothing. And it, <laughs> who knows? The Rogers could just have a day and just pick on. Rogers Cromartie all afternoon and just be a complete, you know, non-factor. Or they could shut down everyone and it's a, a running battle. So I don't know. Well, like like I said, we'll wait and see. Yeah, but we have such high I expectations think... for the game; it could go complete opposite. Oh, completely. And who knows? Eli might just ball. Probably not because he hasn't looked the same this year. But no, Rogers, Rogers. I think the, I think the camera will be on Rogers for most of the game, even when Eli's on the field. Just, it'll still just be on Rogers. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see if he can uh, continue that form into the playoffs. I don't. I, to be honest, I really don't know. It's it, it's kind of just he was on a hot streak, and now that he's in the playoffs, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I don't think it's going to be the same. I know it wasn't easy in the regular season on his streak, but mm. I don't know. The Giants in the playoffs are just a weird beast. They're they just are a really they're weird a, team. They're a team you just cannot underestimate at all given it's the, the team form. that no one wants to play even though they didn't have like the greatest season it's just bizarre yeah even though they're not the best team like they're probably what the yeah. the fifth best team in the in the playoffs but they're a team you don't want to face because they're dangerous and you're right like Eli could just turn up and show up and, and just 
turn it on, even though he has not looked good at all all season. It, it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities of that happening. It's not. It's not that insane to think. No. And it, it is. It is going to be. When you said Mister Montgomery, I was thinking of someone from like, um, what's that show uh, with all the fancy people in it that the girls like and set in the like nineteen fifties? Mister Montgomery sounds like a guy from that that type of show. Are we, Mister Montgomery? Are we talking? Are right. we talking about? <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, Downton Abbey is what I'll seek. All right, like, that's what I was like, going to guess, I, but yeah, I was... I couldn't uh, remember the show. It's very much... Right. Uh, just imagine a guy in a nice, uh, in a nice suit uh, sitting on a... Yeah, sitting on a nice uh, old-fashioned chair with a glass of scotch and Mr. Montgomery. He could have a big day. Um, but <laughs> this Giants defense is ranked number two overall in defense in DVOA. They're legit. They're fourth against the pass, third against the rush, so... It's going to be tough for Mr. Montgomery against Snacks Harrison, all-pro Snacks Harrison, um, who's had playoff experience in Madden. Um, but it, this passing matchup is just to die for. But then on the other side of the, the coin, the Green Bay offense, fourth-ranked DVOA overall, seventh in passing, surprisingly fifth in rushing despite having no running backs at all. Um, Mr. Montgomery's a, a huge... Uh, I keep calling him Mr. Montgomery now. It's great. Um, a huge part of that. So... It is interesting, and you mentioned the Giants are a team no one wants to play, and I think the Packers probably feel that way too because they've they've won their last two games in the playoffs in Lambeau. The Giants could make it three wins at Lambeau over the Packers in the last ten years with a with a win this Sunday. So that's that's huge. They've they've gone into Lambeau and they've won before. I know it was such a long long time ago, but you have to be thinking of that. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I. I would feel. Stu- I know the Giants. I know the Giants have been. They've been known as that playoff team that turns up in the playoffs, no matter how bad their run is into the playoffs or anything like that. But I really feel. I'd like. I'd feel really stupid if I didn't go with Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Yep. The first round of the playoffs. That's just it. That's just. I can't. I can't get my focus off that. Mm. I just. Would, yeah. Wouldn't you feel? Would like. I can't go into it going, yeah, the Giants, the Giants for this. I'm not that confident. I'm not that confident. Lambos are just... I am so confident in the Giants' defense. I am very, very confident. But then on the other side of the ball, I'm just so not confident at all in Eli Manning. He's just been absolutely terrible. The, the Giants have ranked 26 on offense. They've not reached 20 points in five games. Um, that's They've never done that since Manning's rookie season. Um, and they've just, they're just not that good. And, and the, 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 no team that ranked worse than 20th has ever made it to the Super Bowl in terms of offense. So it, you've got to at least get some offensive output. And he's just, he's just not hitting. He's going to have to hit more throws than he has in any game since October to really win this game. And that's where it comes into it. So if Eli Manning can show up and, and actually do it, and they're, they're a chance. Odo Beckham and Shepard can exploit a, a secondary that's, very undermanned. I mean, Peanut Tillman tweeted the Packers saying, I'm available if you need me. He's retired, but he's saying like, nice. that's, that's how desperate it, it is and dire it is when you look at that secondary. So there's a very much I'd a chance that, that this... Yeah, that would be amazing. I would really actually love yeah, to see that. That would be amazing. But there's very much a chance that this could be the, the matchup that could do it, but I'm just not confident at all in Eli Manning. And uh, it, I, I think as tough as the Giants' defense is and can keep things close for a while... Eventually, if you keep giving Aaron Rodgers the ball too many times, he can just pull off these insane throws and make plays and, and 
can get down the field in, in, in such a short amount of time because he can just pull off these big deep throws from anywhere, eventually I think they'll pull away and, and I think they'll win by a touchdown. Uh, but I, I'm expecting a low-scoring game because I think it'll be a, a bit of a tough slog early on. A line of four and a half is a little bit... It makes this a little bit more difficult. Yeah. If it was a field goal, I'd just pick the Packers straight out. Yeah, and it, it opened at seven and a half, and the punters just hammered it, and it's moved to four and a half. I mean, if it was at seven and a half, I would be taking the Giants absolutely. At, oh, me too. At over a touchdown at this point. Because they have run the ball a lot better as well. I didn't even mention it. Paul Perkins has been a gem the last the last few weeks, and Justin Pugh's return. They've run the ball really well. So if they can run the ball well and control the clock, there's every you know you keep the ball out of Rogers' hands, then there's a chance that they can play that hard style you know running game and, and strong defense and, and keep things close. But I, I think I'll lean towards minus four and a half to Green Bay, and I'm going to take the under in the total. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going the under in the total. It's, uh, I want to say Giants. Nah, all right, I'm going Packers as well. I'm copying you again. Sorry. That's fine. Um, We're on the same the... page. We'll uh, we'll ride or die together, baby. You know, how's, I mean, of course you're always going to act differently if you win or lose, but it it always amazes me how split personality Aaron Rodgers is after a win or after a loss. Mm. Just like looking at looking at when he's on the field and they do something, you know, terrific and how smile he is, and then that's the scary Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. If he's got a smile on his face yeah. and he just goes out there, that's, I'm generally scared for my team if he's out there like that. But if he's, I'm actually, I feel better if he's got a stern, concentrating face on, which is weird because you'd expect like, oh no, if he's just dialed in and focused. Yeah, I think I, he, I should be scared. But when he's on a roll and he's smiling and he's just free, you know, he's just free to do what he wants. I'm terrified. Smiling assassin. Uh, really. I know giants. Just keep that smile off Rogers' face. Keep it. <laughs> Keep that boy miserable. Yeah, so uh, we'll wait and see. But uh, would not surprise you though if the Giants won, would it? No, no, I absolutely not. I think of the games, three wouldn't shock me. The Lions, which would surprise me a little bit, just given Seattle's record at home, and and as we said, they haven't lost in the postseason with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson in the in that era. But um, given you know the Earl Thomas. Uh, you know, hole in the secondary that is still there's a small slim chance that they, that it could happen. But the Raiders Texans is just just a complete unknown with these quarterbacks. But I think Pittsburgh you'd be really shocked if 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 they do lose that game. But this last game here, the Giants Packers, I think uh, we're in for a genuine uh, genuine thriller with uh, with how this is matched up perfectly. I uh, I think. The range of outcomes in this one is is pretty wide. Um, I, I I can't really see the Giants just hammering them and, and walking it away. I think it's 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 going to be a, at least a close game or a Green Bay you know pull away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree. All right of uh, of all those uh, of all those games, what's uh, what's your one uh, bold prediction before we wrap up uh, the show? Wow, put me on the spot. Thanks uh, for that. Off script. Uh, off script. Bold prediction. Jesus. I think uh, Landon Collins will have a sack and an interception in this game. Oof. There you go. Oof. Hung. I Hung it out there. I think... <laughs> Hung it out. Mate, I'm really, I'm really struggling. Um, His butt. I got to start doing squats. Oswald will have four touchdowns. Whoa, that's a good one. I like it. 
That's all day. Because it like could it. very well happen. <laughs> but he, it could possibly you might not throw one. <laughs> he could uh he could very much uh throw four interceptions really if you if you want to go uh well, that's not and you, that, and you know what, Josh? Yeah. We'll find out when we check the box score after we've done all the chores. Yes. Exactly. Oh! Oh! Beautiful! Four, then check the column title and go interceptions. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did four chores and Brock threw four picks. It's been a great day. You know? <laughs> but you can actually get uh, Brock Osler to throw two or more interceptions at William Hill at $4 if you want to bet on that. So. <laughs> That's something to consider, and you can also get Doug Baldwin to have a hundred more receiving yards in the Seahawks win at four dollars as well. So uh, that's on their premium price section there for you for William Hill subscribers. Gamble responsibly. Thanks for them for supplying the uh, lines for us all season long. And uh, anything else before we wrap it up? Nah, it's just uh, get your tickets for the for the Lunar Bowl. I mean, I know it's. You can tell by just the, the general chit-chat that people are starting to really try to figure out their plans for the Super Bowl at the moment. And once, if you're one of those people that leaves things to the last minute, probably not the best thing for the Lunar Bowl because, yeah. like, I know we're, we're part, part organising it and it sounds like we're just talking out our ass, but tickets are starting to be snapped up right quick and you don't want to be those people that, you know, tries to buy tickets last minute and then is left out in yeah. the cold wondering... Exactly. What it's like. Yeah, and if you head to Lunar Park on the day and you don't have a ticket, you're not going to get in. So you you don't want to be travelling around Sydney early in the morning trying to find a spot to watch the game. And so Yeah, you don't want to have to buy tickets for the roller coaster every five minutes just to get up high enough to try to look into the big top. Like, it's not, <laughs> don't do it that way. Yep. It's not worth it. All right, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. I'm losing my voice. I don't know where that's come from. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll be back next week to uh, recap all of these games and, and talk some other stuff. Also, Aussies that need a team to support. We didn't mention this. Brad Wings Giants and Jordan Berry Steelers. They're the two teams to get on this week. If they can meet in the Super Bowl, that would be, uh, that would be ideal for Aussie sports fans. Uh, might not be the best entertaining game. You'd prefer maybe a Falcons Steelers or a Cowboys Steelers with, with their offenses or the Patriots and, and, um, Cowboys with, with their offenses. That would be exciting. But for an Aussie perspective, that's where we want to go. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow Woot. At Woot, etc. You can follow the show at Woot and Why. We're going to take off, head down the supermarket, buy bleach, mops, and various other household chores, uh, tools to do our chores so we don't have to watch uh, Texans Raiders. Peace out, guys. <laughs>